On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla's Q4 production and delivery numbers are in and they're all good. Plus, Gigafactory 3 in Shanghai is officially pumping out Model 3s, an update on the Bargersville, Indiana Model 3 police cruiser, and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey with you alongside Daisy the Boxer Puppy. Welcome to episode 232, that's a palindrome, of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This one's for January 12th, 2020. And uh, I have to tell you that thankfully, the travel god smiled upon me on my return trip from Phoenix back to San Francisco. It went fantastically, really couldn't have been much smoother. It was about 14 hours and 20 minutes or so door to door. And thinking about it in hindsight, I think I could have done it in a bit less, but I didn't rush at the charging stops. And, you know, I had my daughter and, and had Daisy with me. So, you know, the, they needed breaks. So I, I just really wasn't rushing much at the charging stops. And, and I was allowing a little extra juice just to make sure that range anxiety wasn't a problem. Although I have to say now, having done that, San Francisco to Phoenix Drive twice last year and now this, well, I guess two years ago and, and then last year. Uh, I have to say the the in-car uh, navigation system seems to measure pretty accurately. Like when it tells you that you're going to make it to the next supercharger with 11% charge, I've never been more than a couple of percent off from that. And in some cases it ends up, uh, it'll be a couple percent off in my favor. Like I'll end up with 13% when I arrive there instead of 11%. So, uh, all, all in all, it's, it's a pretty trustworthy system, I think. And, and as I get more comfortable road tripping with it, that'll, that'll only make me more comfortable with, you know, pushing it a little closer, like meaning, you know, charging, uh, less at the superchargers and just moving right on to my next stop. But, Good run. I didn't hit much traffic at all in the greater Los Angeles area, which is always uh, a big concern when you're going through there. But really happy that the trip went well and uh, look forward to doing it again in a year's time. All right, let's get to the news. And it is good this week. Tesla setting a record number of deliveries in Q4 for the second quarter in a row. All-time highs for the company. Here is an excerpt of the production and delivery statement from Tesla. Quote, In the fourth quarter, we achieved record production of almost 105,000 vehicles and record deliveries of approximately 112,000 vehicles. In 2019, we delivered approximately 367,500 vehicles, 50% more than the previous year and in line with our full year guidance, which by the way was 360 to 400,000. So coming in at the lower end of that, but they met it. Despite breaking ground at Gigafactory Shanghai less than 12 months ago, we have already produced just under a thousand customer saleable cars and have begun deliveries. I'll have a little bit more about that for you later in the podcast. We have also demonstrated production run rate capability of greater than 3,000 units per week at Gigafactory 3, excluding local battery pack production, which began in late December. So all that is to say, 
there's a lot of room to grow and quickly at Gigafactory 3. Lastly, they note we want to thank our customers, employees, suppliers, shareholders, and supporters who made another record-breaking year possible. So just a tremendous quarter for Tesla. It's just awesome. And thinking about it, you know, the next step now is in about, you know, roughly uh, two weeks on the low side, maybe three weeks, you know, end of January, early February, they will announce their earnings. They'll announce the financials. And I think after those numbers, they should be in the black in my totally not at all a professional financial expert opinion. The question, I think, is probably just by how much. But, uh, you know, that's, that's great news. But the next challenge is right around the corner. And I don't want to gloss over the fact that two consecutive profitable quarters is a, is a wonderful, fantastic thing. They did do that last, uh, you know, a year ago. In 2018 as well, profitable Q3, profitable Q4, and then uh, one and two of this year were not. So Q1 is the next big challenge. It's a typically soft quarter for everyone, not just Tesla. And now the federal tax credit is completely gone forever for Tesla. And I say forever with an asterisk because it would take uh, an act uh, I don't want to say an act of, of God, but uh, it would definitely take a lot for, you know, uh, legislature to, for the government to, to reinstate something. It's not impossible. It could happen. But for now, we need to assume that it is gone forever. And in fact, you know, Tesla is officially the first car company to completely exhaust that federal tax credit program on alternative fuel vehicles. So, if Tesla can somehow pull off profitability in this quarter, Q1, and I'm thinking, well, maybe they'll keep pushing the dual motor boost upgrades just as one idea. You know, it's, hey, three grand here, three grand there. Uh, then then the, uh, the present, if they can pull it off, the present, meaning profitability in Q1, then the present will start looking as bright as the future from a financial perspective instead of just from, a, from an outlook perspective. Uh, overall sort of vision perspective. But, you know, thinking about it, one bright spot that could help Q1 is that last bit of Tesla's quote there, that they are beginning local in-house battery production in China, and that they are gearing up to be able to ramp to 3,000 cars per week. If they can do that at some point in Q1, and at, at this point, all we've seen is Gigafactory 3 do things at previously unheard of speeds, then that could really help the Q1 bottom line. And that may be Elon's secret weapon here in Q1. The good times uh, were shared far and wide, though. Some quotes from Wall Street, who, of course, in general, has not been particularly kind to Elon or to Tesla. The Wall Street Journal, definitely not a particularly pro-Tesla publication over the years, their headline was, Take Your Victory Lap, Elon Musk. Gotta love that. Bloomberg uh, had a piece with a quote from Gene Munster, the managing partner of venture capital firm Loop Ventures. And Mr. Munster said, quote, Tesla is close to escape velocity. 
Demand for electric vehicles is real, and people are stretching to buy a Model 3. Everything is beginning to gel, end quote. Well, the, uh, the analysts, the, the folks on Wall Street, they're almost at the point now where they have no choice but to say that. The stock continues to soar. Production and deliveries are at all-time highs. Uh, and then there's the thing that's always been true. Uh, but gets amplified by those other two things, which is this fundamental key part of Tesla that will help enable sustained future growth, and that is everyone loves the product. You're listening to this podcast because you love the product. You would not be listening to a a guy in in his home office rambling for an hour every single week about Tesla if you we're not in love with the product. And the bottom line is you put all of that together and it's just a wonderful combination for Tesla. The stock if you if you hadn't paid attention again, you know, as I've said, I'm not a big financial guy. Uh, I don't pretend to understand the the ins and outs of that too well, but I certainly keep an eye on the stock price just from a cursory level and it 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 flirted with $500 a share. Uh, and it had, of course, as you'll recall, had just hit $400 a share. So that's uh, that's quite a run that it's been on. It closed the week at $478 and change. So it's in a really good place right now. And just, you know, I want to say again, I don't, I mean this in the most sincere way when I do say this on the podcast. I know there are employees of Tesla that listen to this podcast. And just as somebody who who is very invested in in the company from a, from a emotional standpoint and and a financial one in that I own the car. I just want to say again, congratulations to every single person on the Tesla team on such an incredible Q4. Every single employee, everybody that's listening to this rocks. Uh, it's I know a lot of hard work went into it. I mean, I've I've seen glimpses of it in in parts uh, from previous times where I've done the new owner orientation, you know, volunteering at the, at the delivery centers to, uh, to try and help, help things along. You know, I see that side of it. I don't get to see what the end of a quarter push looks like at the factory. There was word that, uh, there were deliveries happening on December 31st at the factory with cars just coming straight off the line. So no doubt, a, a, just a, an incredible effort being made by everybody at the company, from you know sales delivery uh manufacturing general assembly the whole thing everybody just wonderful stuff and here's to a great q1 let's see what tesla can do in q1 and how things go but they are riding high right now as uh on that same note elon went to shanghai this past week to be a part of the customer delivery ceremony at the one year anniversary of the Gigafactory 3 groundbreaking. So he attended uh, in person as the first non-employee customer cars were handed off. And while he was there, Tesla announced the start of the Model Y expansion of Gigafactory 3. So they are going to keep right on building out there. I clipped out his comments for you. So this is this is uh, Elon speaking to the assembled group of, of uh, Tesla Shanghai employees. I have edited out the tr- the Chinese translation break, so 
Uh, if, if there's any little awkward bits, that's why, because Elon would speak a little bit, pause for his interpreter to, to uh, relay his words in Chinese, uh, and then continue. So I've, I've edited that out for, for clarity on this English language podcast. Uh, so if, if anything sounds a little strange, that's why. Take a listen to this. Uh, thank you very much. Um, 2019 was a phenomenal year for Tesla's business in China. Uh, one year ago today, uh, Tesla Gigafactory Shanghai officially broke ground in Shanghai Lingong. With high expectations, Tesla Gigafactory Shanghai is the first wholly owned foreign auto manufacturer in China and also the largest ever foreign owned manufacturing project in Shanghai. And, and just, um, <laughs> the most amazing thing though really is just the incredible progress that has been made uh, by the uh, the Tesla Shanghai team, uh, in partnership with the uh, with the, the Shanghai government, and the, 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 uh, this is a really incredible situation. I think it's really great. Um, so, it's like well done, guys. So we cannot really we cannot achieve this goal without the support from all levels of government in China, um, especially the Shanghai local government. Uh, together, we made the amazing Shanghai speed and set a record for automobile manufacturing construction all around the world. So again, please allow me to express my sincere appreciation to the China government, especially Shanghai government, at all levels. Uh, you have worked so hard to build a sound business environment, which provides Tesla. Uh, Gigafactory Shanghai, a clear path to construct and accomplish this delivery. Uh, in the future, Tesla will continue to fulfill its commitment to China, promoting technological development for electric vehicles and new, en new energy products, protecting the environment by emission reduction, transforming energy structures, and contributing to intelligent transportation. Accelerating the world's transition to sustainable energy will have a profound and positive impact on humankind's shared future. This is really what matters the most. So once again, thank you very much. Next, we'll have the opening ceremony of the Tesla China-made Model Y program. So we'd like to invite Mr. Elon Musk to explain this program for us. Well, uh, the Model Y is essentially uh, meant to be an affordable SUV um, in the same way that Model 3 is an affordable electric sedan. Uh, these are both very important segments because obviously some people prefer a sedan and some people prefer an SUV, um, but actually uh, probably uh, even more people prefer an SUV than a sedan um, and I think ultimately Model Y will have more demand than probably all of the other cars of Tesla combined. Um, and uh, we will also have some advanced manufacturing technologies that we will reveal uh, in the future, but I think it will be quite exciting to show the advanced manufacturing technologies associated with Model Y, and people will be, um, I think, really pretty excited to see, to, to learn the, uh, about these technologies. Well, my apologies that the sound quality there wasn't ideal, but did the best I could. 
So the advanced manufacturing techniques that Elon mentioned near the end there is probably alluding to the one-piece subassembly that's been mentioned before in the Model Y, and perhaps the wiring harness that he's mentioned before as well that's supposed to be, you know, basically, I don't, I don't know if order of magnitude's quite accurate, but it, let's, let's say significantly shorter wiring harness than what's in the other cars. So, um, I mean, it remains to be seen what, if anything else, Elon might be referring to there, but it does sound like Tesla is gonna talk about it at some point. And when they do, it will be fair to wonder if Tesla will also apply these new advanced manufacturing techniques and advances right over to the Model 3. I would very much imagine that they will because if they can simplify production on both high volume cars, thus driving down costs even more on the three as well, uh, hopefully cost that, reductions that would be passed along to the consumer and also increasing gross margins, then yes, Tesla will certainly do that. By the way, uh, you may have seen the video that Elon himself tweeted out from that event of him dancing. Uh, some might say fairly poorly. I won't judge him. I am, I'm the last person that should ever judge anyone on dancing skills. Uh, but, you know, he, the, the, the point I want to make about that is that he just really, really looked happy, both while he was dancing and even during the entire ceremony. Just He was just smiling the whole time. He just looked great. I mean, it, if you've been listening, you might think, well, Ryan, that's, that's okay. Well, he should be happy. He's opening his new factory, and they got it up in record time, but... You know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you might remember how in recent years I, I've talked about uh, Elon's sort of apparent state of mind when you could just hear, uh, hear him speaking on the, the really tough earnings calls where he just sounded exhausted, dejected, or both. So uh, to hear him clearly happy now and see him uh, dancing around very happy I'm just happy for him because he has worked as hard as anyone at Tesla, and they've all, everybody's worked hard. And it's it's nice for him. I'm happy for him that he can really enjoy this moment. You know, the Model 3 is a home run. It's selling great in every single market it's in. Gigafactory 3 is online in record time, and it's scaling up. The Gigafactory 4 deal is in place and the groundbreaking is imminent and the stock price is at an all-time high. Um, or, you know, in, in fact, on the day that Elon was in China, it's it set the mark. That was the day it, it peaked. It, as I said, it, it nearly touched $500. So good for Elon, good for Tesla. In my humble opinion, he has earned this against all odds. Again, I, I like to say, Pull back to the ten thousand foot view. Look where, look where Elon and Tesla are now, and even five years ago, ten years ago, could you, you know, would you have foreseen this day, or how would you react if you, you know, had had a time machine then and could come to now and see, oh wow, holy cow, Tesla's got gigafactories on multiple continents, and their their stocks at an all time high, and their uh, Model 3, you know, mass market sedans, a huge success. I mean, it's it's just incredible and fantastic to see. 
Another fun story this week, an update on the Bargersville, Indiana Model 3 police cruiser. This comes via Reddit and via Teslarati, one, one through the other is how it came to my attention. So uh, reporter, a reporter from IndyStar, that's the, the outlet, named Vic Reichert, did a ride-along with the Bargersville, Indiana police chief, whose name is Todd Bertram, to see how it's going now that that Model 3 police cruiser that they bought has been out in the field for a couple of months. Here is Vic Reichert's report. This is my first time in a Tesla. Oh, really? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I, I got a guy for speeding on 37, and all he wanted to talk about was the Tesla. <laughs> I, I, I got a, and during that same traffic stop, I'm uh, the, somebody honks, and a guy's hanging out his window with his phone videoing the Tesla. Uh, it's insane. That's the kind of stuff that I didn't anticipate. I didn't expect the craziness about it. I mean, I thought it was a good idea and I was trying to save some money and trying to figure out how we're going to, you know, not raise the tax rate and still add guys. And yeah, it's, it's really, that was the craziness that I didn't anticipate at all. And, yep. and that's because Parkersville's growing like crazy. Oh yeah. We have, we went from, well, we went from 10 years ago, we were four square miles. Now we're 18 square miles. Now we're, you know, I don't know what the last census was, but it was about 3,000 people in Bargersville. Now there's, I guarantee you, this new census is going to be 10. The quickness of this car is is really useful in law enforcement because you know, you know, when you're when you're in a Dodge Charger and it's and you're stomping it, everybody's looking because it's it's screaming. It has to do the downshift. It has to, you know, this doesn't. I mean, it just kind of. You can just get right in it and it makes no noise and it's gone. How quiet it is is pretty amazing. It is really amazing, yeah. It's actually, it's kind of funny. Early in the morning when you're um, patrolling the streets and you know, you're in the neighborhoods like we just were, it the squirrels don't even get out of the way. I mean, they just sit there in the road. You're like, go, get out of the way. But yeah, it's really, it's really an amazing car, and it's really done, it's really done exactly as I predicted it would do. On the on the winter driving, um, cold weather driving, I I suspected that we would lose about 50 miles. I was off a little bit. We were losing about 80 somewhere around there, just heating the car. Whose idea was it? reach out to Tesla and make this happen? Um, it was mine. The goal was to have a few Teslas that would reduce the amount of use in the budget so we could put that back in and pay for their salaries. That's a great idea. Yeah. you think that'll work? Yeah. Oh, Jeez, I, I mean... If I had all Teslas, I could give... I could pay... Um, I could pay to hire two officers full-time and then we we were spending on the dodge chargers and on the rest of our dodge chargers we are we're spending seven thousand dollars a year in fuel per car first of all it is great to hear how enthusiastic police chief bertram is about this you heard him say that he was the one that pushed for it and what's cool is 
it's meeting his hopes, his predictions, and his expectations. So it should hopefully lead to more Model 3s as police cruisers, not only for his police force, you heard him say he wants to do that, but also police uh, forces in other towns and cities. Second, I have to imagine that Tesla has heard about this story by now. Therefore, I would like to see Tesla reach out and offer to install, they probably only need one, but a, a single, a private supercharger inside the police station, you know, away from public uh, access, which Tesla does at service centers, by the way. That's so they can, they can juice your car up real quick when it's in for service. Uh, I would love to see them do that so that they can get that police car out and back in the action as quickly as possible if need be. And again, if Bargersville grows the fleet by a few more cars as they intend to, I mean, that even one supercharger would still probably be totally sufficient at that point. But this was a great follow-up. Uh, good job, Vic Reichert from IndyStar. I'm really uh, grateful that they they took the time to follow up on this because this is just such a, a cool story. And I think, again, in time, this is going to be uh, not a particularly newsworthy thing anymore because I think a lot of people, a lot of municipalities will do it. But uh, it's it's neat to see uh, Bargersville at the tip of the spear here and hearing that it's going very well. Next up this week, Tesla has updated their supercharger billing policy. This came my way via my friend Trevor at Tesla Owners Online. And the uh, memo to the Tesla employees and to, to service reads this. The calculation used to bill for supercharging has been updated. Owners will also be billed for kilowatt hours consumed by the car going towards the HVAC system, battery heater, and other HV loads during the session. Previously, owners were only billed for the energy used to charge the battery during the charging session. Uh, and the, the, in the memo, it says, well, why did this change occur? This feature now accurate, uh, pardon me, accurately reflects the value delivered to the customer and the cost incurred by Tesla. So uh, that is the, the basics there. And quite honestly, I actually, have, I have to say, I learned something this week, I, which I, I say on this podcast, I always love it when I learn new things about Tesla because I like to learn more and be more informed and I don't know everything. And one thing I didn't know I didn't even know that they were separating the battery charging from the other power usage, and I certainly didn't know that they were only billing people for the battery juice. So that was new to me. And, you know, after reading that, I have to say it's it seems like a perfectly reasonable policy update. You get billed for what you use, whether it's going into the battery or into the HVAC system. It's as simple as that. And remember, too, if you're thinking, well, oh man, I got to pay a little bit more at the, uh, at the superchargers. Well, electricity is already really cheap, certainly compared to gas, uh, even, and even at the supercharger prices, which are usually typically higher than what's, what's at your home. But the fact is, an extra kilowatt hour or two for your HVAC system and whatnot probably isn't going to put a dent in anyone's wallet, I don't think. We'll see, we'll see what happens over time as this policy rolls out, but I imagine this won't be a, a material difference to 
Tesla owners as they charge up at the superchargers. And hey, Tesla's got to cover their costs. Finally this week, got to uh, end on a fun story. I always try to. The Cybertruck has earned what I think might be its first award, and it comes from Automobile Magazine, who is one of the, the major players in the enthusiast car uh, magazine slash website market. And it, it, it is an award. So, you know, Cybertruck, it, it's earned a lot of things in its first six weeks of public existence. It's earned uh, more media attention than you could literally buy. It's earned over a quarter of a million reservations. And now an award from a major automotive media outlet. And that award is Automobile Magazine naming the Cybertruck their concept car of the year. And don't laugh if, you know, don't don't, uh, dismiss it. There are a ton of concept vehicles that are announced and, and, and shown every single year. You know, at all the major auto shows, Detroit Auto Show, uh, LA Auto Show, even CES, which just happened in Las Vegas. There were, Sony had a car, had an electric car concept that they showed off. So there are a lot of concepts. And, you know, the difference between Tesla, I've said this before, but with Tesla, they're not really concepts so much as uh, they're prototypes that actually get made. And in fact, typically, for the most part, I think it's fair to say, in my humble opinion, that the production vehicles end up being better than the concept vehicle slash prototype. Whereas with most other automakers, you heard, if you remember my interview with Franz von Holzhausen, I talked to him about this and the the really neat concepts he did at Mazda versus the cars he's made at Tesla. You know, the, the those concepts never see the light of day, not even close. I mean, or if they do, they're, they're usually end up uh, coming out as inferior in some way, either the looks or the the specs. They usually end up uh, coming out and not being up to par compared to the concept vehicle. But in this case, Tesla uh, will build that Cybertruck, and it's probably going to be as good as they say it is, if not better, by the time it comes out. And here's what Automobile Magazine had to say about the Cybertruck. This is just an excerpt, by the way. Quote, Polarizing objects are things you either instinctively love or loathe. No middle ground whatsoever. Tesla's Cybertruck is about as perfect of an instance as you'll ever encounter, however long you might live. We love the basic idea and shape. Some critiques we read in the first few hours after its initial reveal suggested it to be a manifestation of unimaginative brutality, crude, ugly, and totally impractical. It's, uh, it is certainly different from traditional pickups, which apart from size have not really changed in concept in a hundred years. Is it better than the tens of millions of pickups made during the past century? That remains to be seen, but as a concept vehicle, it's both exciting and profoundly interesting, end quote. Now, a cynic might look at this and think that Automobile Magazine just did this for the clicks. Since the Cybertruck, as I've talked about, just even in my own little tiny grain of sand on the internet beach, uh, I have seen my traffic go up, my listenership go up uh, because of the Cybertruck. And so, and we know the Cybertruck gets a lot of media attention because it's been nothing if not a media magnet. Love it or hate it, it's been, uh, it's definitely been a media magnet, although 
Magnet may be perhaps an ironic word choice on my part there, given that the stainless steel skin is non-magnetic in the Cybertruck. But uh, if you do go and read the entire piece at Automobile Magazine, which, by the way, is written by Robert Cumberford, I have to say, uh, Mr. Cumberford makes a Cumberford. Let me clarify that. There we go. Instead of just mumbling his name. Uh, he makes a pretty convincing case for the honor that they they did choose to bestow upon the truck. So I don't I don't take the cynical view and think that they just did this for some website traffic. I think uh, reading the piece, it's they they have some uh, a pretty convincing argument for why it is uh, their official award winner as concept car of the year. So for the I have to say it again this episode. Congratulations, Tesla. The Cybertruck's trophy case didn't stay empty for long. The truck's still a couple years away from production, but there's already one in the trophy case. Good stuff. All right, that brings me to the end of this week's Tesla news, but stick with me. I'll be right back with a bunch of your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, where you get to call in and be part of the podcast, your questions, your comments, your discussion topics as they pertain to the world of Tesla. Uh, And before I get going, I want to remind you that January's Patreon-only bonus episode is now up. Those hit once a month. The callers from that include Kaz from San Diego, Stefan from Toronto, Trevor from New Jersey, Nathan in North Carolina, Glenn from Cape Town, South Africa, Patrick from Rochester, New York, Kevin from Ireland, Matursian from Toronto, Michael in Missouri, Jonathan from England, Joe from New York, Douglas in Kentucky, Gary from Chicago, uh, Scott, who didn't uh, leave a town or any, anything else, so say it's the Scott that was asking about electricity generation from the USA grid, Jason from Tucson, Will from Ancaster, Andrew from Prince George, British Columbia, Chris from Kansas, Corey in Westchester, Mike from Boston, and Matt from Wikiwachi. So if I just read your name, let me know if you would like a download token for that. Just drop me an email. I'm going to give you the email address here in a second because I want to make sure that you get to hear your call even if you're not backing me on Patreon. So uh, to call in, as I remind you each and every week, you can call in in one of two easy ways. First, uh, whichever way you decide to call in, please keep your call to 90 seconds or less. That's a minute and a half. I would super appreciate that so I can get to as many calls uh, each episode as possible. And you can either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record that 90-second or less call, and email the file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com or you can call and leave a message anytime you like on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free number which is 1-888-989-8752 That's 1-888-989-TSLA And hey, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Elizabeth in Los Gatos. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Hey, Brian. It's Elizabeth from Los Gatos. So great to finally get to meet you at the, uh, the Silicon Valley Christmas party, the Tesla Club. Uh, anyway, quick question for you and your listeners. Wondering if anyone else has been 
having to use their key card um, to start the car every single time. I've always just used my app every once in a blue moon. It will ask me to use the card to put it on my center console. But now literally every single time I did re like do a soft reboot where I just use both the left and the right um, steering wheel um, buttons and like did a soft reboot and it's still asking me. So just wondering if you guys had any suggestions. Hope you're having a great new year. And I so, so look forward to listening to you every single week. See you soon, Brian. Bye-bye. Hey, Elizabeth, it was great meeting you at the Tesla owners of Silicon Valley holiday party as well. That was a really nice event. So I think I can help you with this issue as I have run into it too. I'm not sure what causes it, but here's what fixes it for me and for some others that I've spoken to as well. If this starts happening to you, go into your phone settings and turn Bluetooth off, then just turn it right back on. Uh, on the iPhone, it's under settings Bluetooth. This happened to me actually right after I got back from my return drive from, from Phoenix to San Francisco, and I was down in my garage and the car wouldn't open. I'm like, what, what the heck? So I just, I remembered, oh, okay, yep. Well, every once in a blue moon, this happens. Pulled out my phone, went in, turned Bluetooth off, turned it right back on, and then the door, I was able to open the door right away. So uh, that, that took care of it, and it, knock on wood, hasn't given me a problem since. So try that, and I hope that helps. Graham from Vancouver Island is up next. Graham, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Ryan, it's Graham here from Vancouver Island. I love the show. I've been listening since uh, episode 200 with Elon there. Uh, because of listening to your show, I finally picked up a long-range Model 3 in August, so I'm a lucky one with Hardware 3, but we don't got any full self-driving preview in Canada yet, but hopefully we'll see it soon. My question for you is about Tesla and their security in the future. Um, what uh, like privacy and like hacking protective measures do, you, do they have now or do you feel in the future are essential as Tesla expands their network of cars and more customers are, are coming into the Tesla family? Uh, I'm just thinking about, you know, the car being always connected to the Internet. And I would just love to hear like a public service announcement or a video about how what Tesla does and the steps that they take to safeguard the vehicle from hackers and also protect the user's data. Also, I'd love to see two factor authentication support for the Tesla app. It's long overdue, in my opinion. Uh, also, just a little fun uh, thought <laughs> for you. Uh, I just finished re reading Edward Snowden's book and made me, you know, a little paranoid about all the go government watching all of us through our, our connected devices. So if I had the expertise, I'd probably install like a, a physical switch or something in my Tesla to, you know, cut the, the Wi-Fi and the cellular reception off and turn it into like an airplane mode, so to speak. But I don't have that ability. But I'd love to in the future if that was possible to do that. Anyways, uh, cheers, Ryan. I love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Graham, thank you very much for your call. I am happy to give you a couple of examples here. The first one is something that you just mentioned, two-factor authentication. Elon has mentioned it a number of times and has fairly recently said that it's coming soon. So that should help. Second, as you may be aware, but just in case you're not, since you're a relatively new owner, your car has a pin-to-drive feature. If you enable it, anyone with access to the car that somehow got into your car would have to input a four-digit pin code in order to start the car, again, even if they had the key or were somehow able to 
get into the car. Finally, uh, and your call could not have been better timed because I actually, I wrote the notes uh, for this response to you after listening to your call earlier in the week. And then this happened. So uh, Tesla regularly offers up their cars into hacking competitions where basically they challenge white hat hackers in controlled environments to come and hack into the car. And then they have a prize or kind of a bounty, if you will, and then patch out the vulnerability that the the white hat hacker finds. And the reason that your call was super well-timed this week is because just this week, Tesla announced that they will once again be participating in the Pwn-to-Own competition. Uh, Once again, it's happening in March, and a Model 3 is the prize. And on top of the Model 3, up to $700,000 for a grand prize. So, you know, let, let me ground this a little bit, though, by saying there is no device, not even a Tesla, that's ever going to be 100% secure. That is simply not realistic. But Tesla has, thus far, they've shown a very proactive approach to the security and encryption of the cars and the owner's data and privacy. So, uh, Graham, I hope that helps put your mind at ease at least a little bit. Joe from Tennessee is up next. Joe, the floor is yours. Hi, Ryan. This is Joe from Tennessee. I had a quick question regarding the Tesla semi-truck. I was wondering, uh, would it be possible to incorporate mini wind turbines on top of the cabs of the truck to charge the system while going down the road? Uh, Because as you know, you got a heavier load that'll most likely uh, decrease the distance that you can go uh, in your your short run, whether it be the 300-mile or the uh, 500-mile option. Uh, But I was wondering if uh, Tesla had any plans on incorporating that as an add-on or if that would be something that I could do as a driver to uh, to get installed. the question then would be, would that void any warranties? But uh, I appreciate you uh, having the time to listen to me stutter, and I love, I love the uh, podcast. I'm going to keep on listening. You take care. Happy New Year. Hi, Joe. Thank you for calling in. Well, I'm honestly not sure if it would materially improve the range all that much. I expect that Tesla has considered the same kind of thing and probably come to the same conclusion. Same thing with solar panels. In fact, solar panels could be the more interesting option on the roof of the cab, but but you know then maybe a bunch more on the roof of the trailer. You know, just a big a big flat skyward facing rectangle. You know, if the Cybertruck can get 15 miles per day of of juice of range from a solar vault cover. The semi might be able to do a bit better than that with trailer top panels. Although, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, maybe not, since the power demands are going to be so much more on a Tesla semi hauling a full load. Hmm. Well, it's going to be really interesting to see the semi uh, start to get out in the real world into real customer hands, too. You know, maybe we're not going to really hear much about it since they're all big corporate customers, but. Then again, maybe we will, since those companies know that talking about their Tesla semis uh, is going to be 
automatic publicity. So that's that uh, that this may might end up being sort of a side benefit to those companies deciding to purchase the Tesla Semi. Joe from New York, let's uh, keep the Joe train rolling and go go to Joe in New York uh, who wants to talk about the USB ports in the Model 3. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, Ryan, it's Joe from New York. Wanted to uh, comment on your uh, use of the Nintendo Switch uh, on the USB ports. Uh, you may find that you need to do what I've done uh, for the phones uh, up in the front USB switch, which is to uh, go ahead and plug in a uh, battery, uh, you know, like a power bank, and then plug the devices I want to charge into that. So the battery stays plugged in uh, and is really always charged, but is then delivering the output that the battery can handle, which is much higher than the individual USB ports. Uh, just uh, when you are shopping for one of these, make sure that you get one that supports both uh, pass-through power and automatic on. And what that means is that it can charge devices while being charged and that the device does not need to be turned on when you plug your phone or whatever device you want to charge into it. So you can sort of hide the battery away and uh, it looks like you're uh, plugged into a normal cord and you don't have to hit any uh, switches on, on the battery. Um, but you're getting a lot more juice uh, out of uh, each connection. I uh, hope that helps, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Joe, thank you. That is very useful for anyone out there looking to use a Nintendo Switch on a road trip in their car or use another similar higher-than-normal powered uh, USB device connected via, obviously, USB cable. You know, I, I didn't end up trying to use it while it was plugged in, or I should say my daughter didn't while we were in the car. She did play the Switch in the car, but when the battery ran out, I ended up just politely asking her to move to another activity, which she, she kindly did for... There were two reasons that I decided to do that. One, from a logistics perspective, it turns out that the USB-C to A cord that I had for the Switch was literally only like three inches long. It wasn't enough for her to play it with with it in her lap while it was plugged in. Uh, but two, from a just parental perspective, I actually thought about it during the drive as I'm just cruising down the, the, the interstate. And I decided just as a parent that the eh, two to three hours of battery life that the Switch provides was was about as much video game time as I wanted to allow her for the day anyway, but that uh, that's, that's certainly a parent-by-parent parent decision. But your call, Joe, is nevertheless very helpful. Thank you very much, as always. Let me go next to Will in Ancaster, responding to a caller from last week. Go ahead, Will. Hey, Ryan, it's Will from Ancaster. I was just listening to this week's show, uh, and Adam was inquiring about, uh, I guess, his problem having to log out of his account and get into the, his dad's account to be able to swap cars with him. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if this will work or not, but I actually I have a second app that I downloaded. I think it cost me 10 bucks once for a lifetime. It's called Keymote, um, K-E-Y-M-O-T-E, um, and it's just basically a, another app that does exactly the same thing Tesla does. 
Um, but I would assume that you would be able to log into that second remote under a second account, um, at which point then when he wants control of his dad's account, he just logs into Keymote, and when he wants control of his account, he logs into his Tesla account, um, both of which could stay logged in, obviously, all the time. So anyway, uh, I suspect that would very likely work for him. Hopefully uh, it helps. I'd be curious to know. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Will. I did have a friend reach out and suggest another one that he is sure is going to work. And this is a person who would know. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to reveal him because I don't think he, he meant to be revealed. But anyway, Dashboard for Tesla is the name of the app. The good news is that it sh- almost certainly will work. The bad news, uh, which might be bad news for Adam in Orlando, or it might be a moot point, is that it is only available for Android, not iOS. So it depends what Adam is, uh, is, is using there. But uh, thank you, Will, for that suggestion of Keymote. And with Dashboard for Tesla, that's now a couple of options for Adam and others in a similar situation to try. Now, if that doesn't work, there is another guaranteed solution. And a few people called in with this. So I want to thank Jay from Phoenix, Scott from the Atlanta area, and Ron from Nashville, they all uh, all mentioned this, and they suggested get something that's come up on the podcast before, giving guest access to each other, dad and son, on, on each account through their Tesla accounts, which is similar, if that sounds a little familiar, that's similar to what we talked about here in the hotline, uh, not, not too far back, maybe two, three, four shows at the most, about giving uh, access to renters on Turo you know, access to the app. So thank you to everybody that called in trying to be and, and successfully being helpful about this. I really appreciate it. Andy from Rancho Cucamonga is up next, a fellow road tripper. Go ahead, Andy. Hi, Ryan. This is uh, Andy from Rancho Cucamonga, California. I hope you had a good trip from San Francisco to Phoenix. Um, as a mention about the congestion at the superchargers. I've spent uh, a couple thousand miles traveling on road trips and day trips all over Southern California, Phoenix, up to the surrounding mountains and San Diego within the last month since Thanksgiving. And what I've noticed is numerous, numerous broken chargers at many of the V2 stations and even some of the urban chargers such as Phoenix Camelback. Um, aside from physical failures of broken pins or cables, I wanted to see if you had some understanding about why the chargers break. Why do the charger banks break? Um, often you will plug in and the session won't initiate, or the session might be absurdly slow. So I just wanted to get some opinion or knowledge of why these things break. And one more mention, while I was at the Buckeye, Arizona charger, which is a V1 site, there was a Tesla France employee, which I chatted to, and he was busy fixing the chargers on Thanksgiving Day itself. He had mentioned that uh, many technicians were on holiday in the U.S. and that he was helping um, uh, Tesla USA. So I hope you had a good trip and enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Bye. You know, Andy, I will be honest with you. I really don't know. 
And I wanted to play your call, despite the fact that I have no idea, because I'd also like to know the answer if there are any people out there in the know about this kind of thing. I mean, you mentioned obvious physical failures like broken pins in the charging cable, but I, I also, I don't understand enough about these kinds of things to understand why a particular stall might either stop working altogether or give a trickle charge, which I, which I also experienced when I first got to Cabo Zone. I think I mentioned it last week. So if I have any experts in the field out there who can authoritatively speak to this in 90 seconds or less, I would love to hear from you to educate myself and anybody else in the audience that might be interested in, uh, in learning about why, supercharger, why, why good superchargers go bad. Uh, thank you, though, Andy, for posing the question, getting me to think about it a little bit and put that uh, question out to the audience. Josh from Mississippi is up now. Go ahead, Josh. Hey, Ryan, this is Josh from Mississippi. I was just calling in because I had a little idea um, about logging your speed in the Tesla. So I'm driving the Model 3 right now, and I saw a police officer. And I was just thinking about the fact that when I was younger, I actually got a ticket for going, it said, 78 in a 65-mile-per-hour zone. And yet I wasn't actually going that speed, but I didn't have any way to prove that I wasn't. Well, it would be great if the Tesla had a feature where I could enable a log um, to actually keep track of my speeds over time so that I could um, print that out and give it to a police department or judge if I was to get a ticket. And so that's my idea. Thanks. Hi, Josh. I'm sorry that your call got cut off by the hotline a bit there. But yeah, I think your idea actually gels well with another caller from, I don't know, maybe a month or two back. Somebody called in wanting the speed shown, basically baked into the dash cam footage. And I think that would actually be a pretty elegant solution all around for what you're talking about here as well. I mean, we know that Tesla is going to keep improving and evolving sentry mode and the dash cam. So here's hoping that that's one thing that they can add to it at some point over time. Thank you for your call. Uh, Steve from Tesla is up next. He's got an idea of his own that he'd like to see. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ryan. Steve Walski here. Again, longtime listener, first-time caller. Simple question. In dog mode, it would be great if we could personalize uh, the site a little bit and if, when logged into the website to upload a picture of our pup. We love dog mode. People come to us all the time at a restaurant and say, hey, your dog's in the car. That's not safe. And we say, we absolutely share your concern. And we explain the whole process. And then they kind of walk away from the table saying, wow, that's, that's cool. But it'd be wonderful if the screen could actually display a picture of our pup while we're in the car. Uh, thank you very much, and thank you for everything you do, and I'm always amazed with the uh, level of involvement by all the listeners and all the great questions. Thanks, and have a great week. Steve, thank you for your call. I like that idea. I think the cute little animated cartoon dog they have on the screen in dog mode now is pretty eye-catching and adorable, but hey, why not give people the chance to customize it with a photo of their dog? Wait, hang on. Hold on, the reason just occurred to me, uh, because inevitably someone out there would put something inappropriate in it, and then it would get Tesla in trouble and or generate negative attention for Tesla. It's kind of like, uh, if you video game fans want to jump in the Wayback Machine with me for a second, the Xbox 360 used to have an accessory 
called the Xbox Vision Camera. And it let you take your picture to either, uh, in some cases, map your face to a, to a model, uh, to a character model in a, in a multiplayer, like a shooter game, like a Rainbow Six kind of thing. Or uh, you could just use a custom picture as your avatar in, uh, as, a, as a specific example, the very, very popular Xbox version of Uno. It was a digital version of that card game. And what did people use that camera to take pictures of for use as their avatars in that game? Well, seeing as how this is a G-rated podcast, I will leave that to your imagination. All I'm saying is uh, that very same not-safe-for-work fate could befall uh, dog mode if people are allowed to <laughs> to upload their own custom pictures. Uh, anyway, that's that. <laughs> Two more calls. Joe from Maryland is next. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, Ryan. Joe from Maryland. Wanted to get your thoughts uh, on uh, something with my Model 3 that's been uh, bothering me lately. Now that it's winter and the uh, temperatures are getting quite cold, I've had a lot of scenarios in the morning, particularly where uh, my autopilot is not available due to sensors being blocked uh, with frost or snow. Um, this is understandable. The problem I have is that not only is autopilot not available, but cruise control is also not available. I was wondering if Tesla should or could uh, implement a basic cruise control option or basically a dumb cruise control that would just keep the speed and not have to worry about uh, you know keeping distance between a car in front of you or slowing down or stopping for traffic. Uh, this is a feature that I particularly would like. I use cruise control quite a lot. Uh, I tend to speed if I don't use cruise control. Uh, so being able to have just a basic speed control would be quite nice. Uh, wanted to get your thoughts, and thanks for the podcast. I agree that it would be good, Joe. Even if it was buried in a menu and you had to go and enable it as a kind of backup, just like you're describing. But in an effort to be more helpful in your current situation, allow me to make a suggestion if you're not doing this already. Precondition your car for 20 or so minutes before you come out to it. That should hopefully help warm things up and start to melt any frost on the car. Uh, if it's plugged in, it's not going to affect your range at all. Uh, and, by the way, the new scheduled departure feature actually has a checkbox right in it for turning preconditioning on as the car uh, is, is doing its scheduled departure charge. So I hope something in there might be helpful for you. Last and most certainly not least is Chris from Tucson. Chris, take us home. Hi, Ryan. Chris from Tucson here. Last week, I made a similar trip to the one you described last week. I traveled from Tucson to San Luis Obispo, California, and back with my two daughters. One difficulty we had was that several California V2 superchargers were mostly full, and some had broken stations. This was exacerbated since several of the A and B pairs were not next to each other, making identification of an empty pair difficult. As you know, if you initiate charging in the B station, for example, while the A station is in use, charging rates will be lower and vice versa. We had an idea for a status light on these V2 superchargers. Our suggestion would be to install a status light on top of each station, indicating whether its mate was occupied. 
a green light would mean this station and its mate are available. Yellow light, mate occupied. Red light, broken or inoperable. Once these lights are installed, additional improvements could be made to indicate when charging is near completion or other helpful status information. Of course, the same functionality could be added to the in-car touchscreen with a diagram showing each station status and a recommended station. I'm interested in your view on this issue. Thanks, Ryan. Chris, I think that's a great idea. Now, I'm not sure Tesla would go for it because that would be a heck of a retrofit, although not every station would need it, but a lot of them would. I imagine, too, that every penny being spent on superchargers right now is going towards one of two things, either new V3 stations or upgrading V2 stations to V3. But I'd love to be wrong. I do think you're onto something with that. I think that would be a very helpful thing for people while they're traveling. Thanks to everybody that called in. I sincerely appreciate it. I welcome your calls. I invite your calls. I really appreciate the participation. I think it adds a lot to this podcast. So I gave you the call-in information at the top of this segment. If you would like to call in anytime, please feel free. All right, stick with me. I'm not quite done. I've got your pro tip of the week and a few parting thoughts for you right after this. Well, this is the part of the podcast where I tell you what I've been doing with my car. And uh, just two quick points this week. Number one, uh, I cleaned my car thoroughly after I got home from my Arizona trip. It felt very therapeutic to do so. I know that might sound weird to some people, and I I own that. I, I, I accept that, <laughs> that people might think I'm nuts to say it feels therapeutic, but Man, it just feels good to get it all nice and clean after, you know, roughly 2,000 miles of, of driving without a wash, but felt real good. And uh, as luck would have it, it's been a rain-free week here in the Bay Area, so I have been able to have a nice clean car all week long, which this time of year, usually it's, it's tricky to get through an entire week without getting rained on at some point. Also, uh, yeah, the other quick note I wanted to, to mention— While I was on my long drive back from Phoenix, I experimented a little bit with voice controls and discovered that if you go ahead and push that right scroll wheel button in, you know, activate that voice command prompt and say, search for Ryan McCaffrey podcast, it will pull this show up and nothing else. It will pull exactly this podcast up. So um, the voice stuff, it must search the descriptions and all sort of the, um, you know, the kind of the identifying information of, of uh, the podcast or song or whatever it is you're looking for. So I thought that was very cool. Searching for Tesla podcast didn't work and Tesla unofficial podcast didn't do what I wanted it to do. But if you go ahead and search, say, search for Ryan McCaffrey podcast, boom, you will get Ride the Lightning delivered right into your, uh, within, you know, fingertip access in your Tesla. So give it a try if that is of use to you. Now it's time for the pro tip of the week. This one comes from Dee Dee in Maplewood, New Jersey. Go ahead, Dee Dee. 
Hey, Ryan. Didi here from Maplewood, New Jersey again. Uh, thanks again for your wonderful podcast. And how about that Cybertruck? Wish I had an excuse to buy one. I wanted to offer a quick pro tip that I haven't heard. Uh, it may have been covered in the past, um, but something that I was just noticing myself, and that is concerning the right scroll wheel on the um, steering wheel, uh, that if you... Um, are in autopilot and you uh, quickly uh, flick up with your thumb on it, um, I just noticed that the um, the amount that your maximum speed setting goes to uh, proceeds in five mile per hour, nice rounded number increments if you kind of flick it really, really quickly. So that was just something that I thought was kind of a, a sort of a neat little thing that I hadn't noticed previously. The second thing I wanted to mention was concerning the same right scroll wheel, which again maybe has been pointed out previously. I don't know, and that is something else I noticed, which is that if you if you push on that right scroll wheel on the steering wheel to the left um, and the right you can control um, the distance that you uh, maintain, again, while you're in autopilot uh, from the car in front of you, from anywhere from something like one car distance to, I think, as much as six or seven car lengths distance. Anyway, just wanted to share those tips. And thanks again for your fantastic podcast and all the best. Didi, thank you for your call. You know, this is one of those that makes me stop and think because I use this literally every day. I've known about these but I have to remember that I have plenty of new listeners out there, plenty of new owners out there, and they're coming in all the time, people that kindly tune into this podcast, and nowhere in the on-screen interface or the manual, uh, in a lot of cases, does it describe some of these useful shortcut functions. So yes, I am happy to play this pro tip. I am glad you found them, and I hope uh, that your call helps other folks discover them as well. Cheers to you. And by the way, if anybody out there has a pro tip of their own, something that they've discovered about their car that they might uh, think is of use to others, I'd love to hear it. Call it in. Same way you, you send in a regular phone call. And please uh, also observe that same kind 90-second or less uh, limitation slash request, if you don't mind. Meanwhile, let me take you home here with just a few plugs, a few offers for you if you find them of use. First, uh, for abstractocean.com, a wonderful little Tesla online shop, a third-party uh, dealer, as it were. I know dealer is a dirty word in the, in the Tesla world, but uh, third-party vendor, maybe that's a nicer way to say it. They've got the all kinds of neat stuff. The T-E-S-L-A lettering you could put on the back of your Model 3 if you want to give it a little kind of Roadster-style flair back there. They've got the tempered glass screen protectors that, that have a nice custom fit on the Model 3 screen. They've got those center console wraps if you want to change the look and feel of your default glossy black finish center console in the car. All that, tons more, abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout, and you will get 15% off of your very first order with Abstract Ocean. Meanwhile, that one mega Black Friday full-body paint protection film deal remains at Immaculate Reflections. You can visit them at irdetailing.com if you are interested in that. But if that is maybe not quite what you're looking for, but you still want some kind of service, maybe you're looking for ceramic coating, maybe you're looking for a partial, just the front end of paint protection film, maybe even want to do just like a thorough clay bar wash and wax, 
Immaculate Reflections can get you taken care of if you are in the Bay Area or going to be in the Bay Area. Maybe you're even taking delivery in the Bay Area. Uh, I'm actually very much looking forward tomorrow as I record. I'm recording on Friday night, late, as I always do. Tomorrow, some, uh, some friends of mine are, from my daughter's school, are taking delivery of their Model 3. They frantically tried to get one at the end of the quarter, and it didn't quite work out for them. So they did sadly lose out on that $1,875 federal tax credit, but they're moving ahead with the purchase anyway. And uh, they have kindly asked me to come along. And I told them, I'm happy to come along and just help look over the car with you and document any little items at delivery that you might want to have them have them take care of. So uh, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to, to uh, tagging along with that and just being, hopefully being of use to them tomorrow. But anyway, uh, yeah, Immaculate Reflections. I forget how I, oh yeah, you have to be in the Bay Area or taking delivery. That's what I was saying. So anyway, irdetailing.com. The, uh, they've got the deals, the very deals, big and small over there. If you're interested in some detail work on your Tesla or heck any other car, you maybe have another cool classic car that's been hanging in your garage that you want to pretty up a bit while Jeff at Immaculate Reflections can help you out. PureTesla.com slash RTL. That is a URL to visit. If you would like a one-stop turnkey solution to your Sentry mode slash dash cam. This will be a, a nice micro SD card, which is designed for frequent and constant writing and reading. It's not going to crap out uh, like our just like our USB drives have been doing with the uh, with the dash cam. So everything's pretty reasonably priced too. So puretesla.com/rtl. If you'd like to order a kit, again, it comes ready to go. It's forty nine dollars for the 128 gig, which is what I'm using, or $69 if you want to step up to a 256 gig. Again, comes fully formatted, plug and play, right into the car, out of the package. It ships free in the United States, and uh, you know, modest shipping rates if you're outside of the U.S. Works with Mac PC, the whole nine yards. Check it out, puretesla.com slash RTL. And then Jada, uh, Jada's excellent wireless charging pad for Model 3. I love mine. It's launch-proof in the Performance Model 3. The phone won't go flying out of the, out of the center console. It'll uh, just, yeah, it's a nice, elegant solution. You just set that phone right down on there. No cable necessary, and it's going to charge your Qi-compatible uh, smartphone wirelessly. So that's real nice. Uh, and then they've got the USB hub as well, giving you a USB-C port, USB-A ports, uh, and then that cool magnetized dummy door that goes flush against the back wall and uh, behind there you kind of just you can flip that with your fingers get in there and you can hide your pure tesla dash cam sentry mode kit back there so that heaven forbid everybody anybody ever does break into your car and then they want to yank the evidence out meaning the 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 dash this the usb stick well Odds are they're going to have a lot of trouble finding it thanks to the uh, Jada USB hub. So anyway, you can order either or both of those. Please use my referral link for that. And the link is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. And Jada is spelled J-E-D-A. So G-E-T-J-E-D-A slash R-E-F slash eight. Uh, as I always remind you, you can email me anytime. 
teslapodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter, which is Tesla Stuff sometimes at DMC or under pardon me, underscore Ryan. Or you can follow me on Instagram, which is all Tesla all the time. I don't post quite as frequently on there. I try to get something up maybe once a day or at least a few times a week for sure. But uh, that's also DMC underscore Ryan. And finally, the Patreon. As we head into 2020, uh, this is now my, I guess, fifth, yeah, I'm, I'm at what, four and a half, about four and a half years of doing this podcast. If, uh, you know, I don't know how long each of you have been listening, some of you the whole way, some of you are brand new, but if at any point you feel like, hey, I really like this podcast that Ryan is doing, and you know what, I'd really like to support his efforts. Well, first of all, I would be grateful if you came to that decision. And you can support me on Patreon. Learn more on my Patreon page, which is at patreon.com slash teslapodcast. And Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And with that, I want to thank the Patreon producers. My newest Patreon producer, shout out and a hello to Mark Eversoll. Mark, thank you so much for your support. In addition... To Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lars Hoffman, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Aaron Appleby, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Scott Gillis, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Richard Folkers, Matt Kalen, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, Lisa Kaz, The Lydia Family, and Michael Regal. Thank you all very, very much for your continued support on Patreon. If you're not already subscribing to the podcast, you can do so at no cost to yourself. In fact, it is only a gain because the show will push out to you automatically each time there's a new episode, which, if you're new, is every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, which, again, TuneIn is in your Tesla, talking about that voice command earlier, uh, a little few minutes ago. I'm also on Spotify, the show syndicates, you can listen to it on YouTube. There's no video to go with it, but it is there on YouTube if you want to uh, do that. I'm noticing more and more people actually subscribing on YouTube. So if that's how people prefer to listen, that's great. And uh, yeah, that'll do it. So for a, I thought she was waking up now, still sleeping Daisy the Boxer Puppy. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was the palindromatic episode 232 of Ride the Lightning the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. I want to wish all of you a great week. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you back here in one week's time. I mean, I think a Tesla 
is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.